0: and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today I'm with Ginger Day. Ginger is a copywriter, editor, and proofreader, and I was just telling her, like, that; those are all skill sets that I know that I'm lacking in. So <laughs> I am so grateful there are people on the planet like you who have skills in that area. Oh, wow. Awesome. I am <laughs> <a> person, Mary. <laughs> so w- you have been through a lot of challenges, and we're going to talk about some of those today. And re- when we were talking ahead of time, just kind of planning this uh, episode, you came up with three words for me that stuck with me, faith, family, and fitness. So give us a little heads up on what that those three elements mean
1: to you. Sure. So... They're kind of like pillars, right, for someone's life. They can be, I guess, for your life. Um, For me, faith was something that I was introduced to as a child, kind of moved away from it um, as I got older. But it always kind of lingered, and I always felt drawn back to the church, So when I got to a point where I was faced with a huge decision, life-changing decision, I went back to faith. Um, Family and friends, those are just the rock in your life, I feel. And people that support you, protect you, they're there for you. And so my family and my friends have been huge um for me in the past 3 years that I've been going through what I've been going through okay. and then fitness um i have dealt with depression on and off throughout my life and so fitness was always the non medicated way for me to deal with depression um i think in my reading they say it's it's better than mm. being on medication for some people sure um and so fitness It's an escape for me. And it's a way for me to start my day kind of on the right foot. Specifically, if I do yoga, I got into yoga maybe like five years ago, started doing yoga right around this time that I was starting to think about making this huge change in my life. And so it was that one hour where I could lay there on my mats and you're kind of in your own space. Yeah. No one's bothering you. And you're just completely in your own zone. And in your body, right? And in your body, right? Like that mind-body connection, yeah, which I hadn't really been tuned into before. But yoga definitely helped with that. All right. So these
0: pillars helped move you through what sounds like uh, a very major decision in your life. Does this major decision um, come before or after your business? came into place or was it about your business no it came before okay business okay Mm -hmm. so it sounds like then the start of your business has its beginning in this big decision
1: my business came about um as a way to figure out a new path because of the decision I had to make okay okay are you willing
0: yeah, would you be willing to talk to us about this decision? Oh, yeah, sure, of course.
1: Let's, um, yeah, set the context oh, <laughs> here then. So um, I was um, in a very unhealthy marriage. I realized, I realized after that it was very unhealthy. Um, it started feeling not good for me for a good year plus before I decided to file for divorce. Um, And so that was the big decision, was I going to get a divorce or not? Um, And we had been together for so long, close to two decades. Um, And so it was monumental for me because my, my whole life for two decades revolved around him. And I had made tons of decisions for him and I had given up my career for him and our children. Um, And so I was faced with this huge decision. Am I going to do this or am I going to not going to do this? And how is it going to affect me, him, our family, our children, our relatives, our friends? Because divorce has a way of trickling into literally every piece of your life. Yes, it does. Yeah. So it was a huge, huge decision. And I sat on it for a very long time. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was feeling pulled towards definitely filing for divorce. But I was, of course, very afraid. Okay. I didn't know um, what life was going to be like for me post-divorce. Right. I knew that divorcing him was going to be very challenging Um, And that's proven to be the case much more so than I had even anticipated. Mm. Um, So it was a fear of of going through with it. Okay.
0: So going through this fear then sounds like um, when these pillars, they've probably always been there, right? But this is when you started leaning into
1: these pillars. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah? I went back to the church before i filed for divorce and there was a church that we would drive past all the time and it was the faith that i grew up in um which is episcopalian and something about it i just felt drawn to it and for years and years and years i was like i just want to go to that church i just want to check it out um and so that's what I, i i was in probably the lowest place i've ever been in in my life and i decided one day I was I'm just gonna go and I wanted to go by myself I did not want him coming with me I didn't want my children with me and I sat in the back pew and I cried the entire first service and I thought to myself these people are going to think I'm insane they're probably wondering what's what's happening with her um and because people were curious, of course they were, you know. And they, the first, I would say, the first two times, they just left me alone. Okay. And didn't really say anything to me. Um, and then they started approaching me and introducing themselves. And really, like the first questions they asked me were just, "Are you okay?" You know. And I, at the time, I couldn't even. I I would like run out of church after the service because I was like. Sure crying and I'm a mess and like, well, yes. for sure think I'm a like lunatic, you know, like, <laughs> like, what is this woman doing, you know, but uh-huh. they were so, um, incredibly welcoming and became protective of me and wanted to make sure that I was okay. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. It was nice to go okay. back to that mm-hmm. family and friends. If you want to move to the next one, um of course I think when you're going about to make a decision like this you go to your family and your friends right you know, and especially have, for a decision like this right cuz oh, they're yeah. they're involved
0: in they're, some way shape or form they are connected
1: to you and involved 100% 100% and also if they're in tune with you and if you have a good relationship with them then they sense that something's off right, right. So my family had sensed that something was off for quite some time, my sister in particular. And she started approaching me, I want to say almost like two years before I filed for divorce and just kind of probing me a little bit, like, what's really going on in your marriage? And like, I, you know, she could tell, like something's off. Like she, her and I were sitting on the beach one day, I remember one summer, and I think this was the year before things really got bad and like out of the blue, I don't know if we were talking about me going home or what it was, but she was like, what are you going to do? Wow. And I was like, what do you mean? You know? And she was like, what are you going to do about your marriage? Hmm. And I was like, Whoa, Yeah. <laughs> she, she senses it, And then she started, um, she started sending me, articles and you know go just check out this website ginger just Mm -hmm. read this book read this article I think this is what's happening in your marriage but I want to see what you think too sure sure and so um when you're in the kind of marriage that I was in um you're so caught up in it that and you're caught up in the lies and the facade of it so you don't want to I didn't even really realize what was happening. You know, I had like pushed it aside, pushed it down, pretended everything was okay. Um, Always made sure on the outside, everything looked perfect. Right. Um, But it wasn't, it was completely falling apart behind the scenes and things were going on behind the scenes that I didn't tell people about and I didn't want people to know about. Right. Um, Yeah. So then she started feeding me information. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I I think that is the kind of relationship that I'm in and what am I going to do about this? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of like this around the same time, I think when I started yoga and um, there were so many times when I was laying on that mat and I would cry and I remember the yoga instructor had said, "People cry during yoga, and that's okay. It's like a release of emotions, and it absolutely can be." Yeah. Um, and I would roll over and <laughs> cheer, like showing you know, sure. Um, But because it's a time when you're you're really tuned into your mind and your body and the connection, and start thinking about like really thinking about things. Yeah. In a deep way. Um, so, yeah. So it, it,
0: what I'm hearing from you so far is that you kind of, your thank God your sister, right, or somebody said to, asked a question, right? Mm-hmm. Just raised a question that then gave you an opportunity, do I want to continue asking these questions? It was kind of like right. a little life preserver, it yeah. sounds like. Like, let's get out of, look at this from another angle. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times when we get into these situations, especially if it seems overwhelming, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm now I'm in this mess. Now I know the mess that I'm in and I don't know how to get out of it. We tend to often withdraw, right? Yeah. We tend to come into ourselves and shut other people out. But you seem to be in the space where you were able to lean into these supports.
1: I'd say I would say it was a combination. Okay. Because while I was leaning in. There was another side of me that was pushing back big time. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's going to be okay. I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. Um, it was more denial. Okay. Re- denial of what, what the relationship was. Me not wanting to admit what it was. Um, because I think for, for people that are in these types, I would call it, it was an abusive relationship. Let's call it what it was. Um, and it was abusive on every, every level or every type of abuse, we'll say. Um, it was physical at times. It was mostly emotional and verbal. It was financially abusive. It was sexually abusive and it was digitally abusive they call it which is like technology which is like stalking hacking into your email like all that kind of stuff now i didn't even know like those things i didn't even know all that existed um because i i just i didn't want to think about it i never really had to think about it i guess and i was in denial um and then i I got in touch. I was talking with a therapist. I had multiple therapists. Mm-hmm. And then my sister, again, was like, you need to talk to the women's shelter in your area. Just go talk to them. Just see what they have to say. Get some information from them. That, for me, was so heavy and so, like, women, like, What? But I have this like wonderful life where I'm living in the suburbs in this nice house. And I have these three beautiful children and I don't need that, you know, total. Right. Difference. And finally, like after pushing and pushing and pushing her and my mom, I finally did. And they gave me this pamphlet, a brochure, and I leafed through it. And it was all those different types of abuse. And it was all this bullet points for each one. Okay. And I literally was checking off like every single box. And as I sat there going through it, I was stunned. I was like, holy, holy smokes! Like, I can't believe this is my life. Yeah. And how did I end up here? And like, part of that denial was, but I'm a very intelligent person, you know. Uh-huh. I have a degree in biology and I have a master's degree in education, and I have awesome family and awesome friends, and um you know, all that stuff I'm like how did someone like me end up in this kind of relationship? But it happens all the time, you right? Know, it, it does. Um so yeah, so I leaned in, but I pushed. I pushed back on very hard. Of very hard initially. <laughs> yeah. And then once like I was like, no, this this is where I am. This is what it is. And I need to get out of it. Okay. You know? And there were some pivotal moments where I was like, yes, like this is what I have to do. I have okay. to get out of this. Yeah. So okay.
0: Yeah. So you have this very major experience you've got to make some major decisions about. And then you make a decision to divorce, to leave your husband. Mm-hmm. And you, I think you had said earlier, you were a stay-at-home mom. So how are you now supporting yourself and your family?
1: So I am, um, I'll be honest. I mean, thankfully, I'm still getting some support from him. That okay. is going to be ending you know, soon. I'm not even divorced yet. It's going on three years, still uh-huh. not divorced. So while you're in the process of getting a divorce, you get something called APL, which okay. is alimony Pendelante And so that's support from your your spouse. Uh-huh. Um, and this has been a very drawn out process for me. But... um. I I also started my business to start making money for myself mm-hmm. and getting back on my feet again. Um, and I knew that I need something that would offer me flexibility, right, and freedom with my children and sure sharing them and having to exchange them and you know it's complicated. Absolutely, and building a business can be
0: complicated. So how mm-hmm. did you navigate those waters? Did your previous challenges kind of prepare you for war? This, maybe it was no big deal,
1: right? After what you'd been through, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, I actually, so again, my sister, my sister is like a saint. Um, she came to me last summer and she has her own business. And so she has been through it and she learned- okay herself like she kind of figured things out herself but she ended up she was in a networking group and she was talking to someone there who had just hired a virtual assistant that had taken a certain course and she was like oh that sounds you know she's like wheels started turning and she's like that sounds like something ginger could do so she approached me about it last summer she's like i heard about this virtual assistant thing and i was like what i don't even know what that is you know i've never heard of it before um, and she's like, I think it would be perfect for you because you work from home. It's all remote. It offers you freedom, flexibility, whatever. And so um, I found a course for it. Okay. Um, do you want me to talk about, say the name of the course or I don't have to? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Feel it was so. called It's called Overwhelmed to Overbooked. And the course creator, her name is Michaela Quinn. And she, she's pretty amazing. Huh? She was a former teacher okay. and wanted to be home with her kids and started doing the virtual assistant thing herself. And then it turned into this whole network that she has now. And I would say most of the women that are in the course and in the course group, a lot of them are former teachers um, or stay-at-home moms that are like wanting to get their feet wet again. But yeah, we, we need to be home our children are home and we need freedom and flexibility but we also have skills that we want to use, and we want to make money. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. So I, I took the course, and it was awesome. Like, it really set set you up, like, to just go. Like, I mean, she okay. really, like, how to do your taxes, how to set up invoicing, you know, all that, all that stuff. Um, all of those nuts and bolts that most programs don't talk about. No, no, that stuff is very daunting and it could be a little scary and intimidating, you know, all those adjectives. So, um, yeah, I took the course. I started out as a virtual assistant and then, so like a virtual assistant just kind of does anything for a business owner that little that they don't feel like dealing with. Right. Or just need help with or don't have the time for. Yeah. Um, And I found that I was doing a lot of writing like, I was just kind of gravitating towards that newsletters and some emails. And I was like, well, I think I really like the writing side of it more than the tech. I'm not a tech person. Okay. I don't want to set up Asana or Calendly Lee or, you know. Right, that's like, right. That's not, oh my gosh, that stuff frightens me. You know? <laughs> Uh, Maybe that's my age, but I'm like, I I can't, it's too much. (laughs) So I was doing a lot of the writing stuff and I was like, you know, I think this is what I really, like, this is what I want to do. I think this is going to be where I should focus. So then I started looking at some other courses for writing and in with what I had done for school. And then I was a teacher and I was a consultant. Like I had always done a lot of writing Mm -hmm. and I had worked when I was in the corporate world I'd worked as an editor for a while. I went from consulting and then they made me the editor. So I had done like a lot of website copy for them and tons of proofreading for them and had rewritten manuals for them. Um, So lots of content writing and I liked it. I liked doing it and I love, I love proofreading. I, my dad always called me Eagle Eyes Mm -hmm. and I just like, Mistakes all the time. It actually drives me bonkers, like finding mistakes and things and <laughs> like oh, the menu, or and you see it all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it ever. <laughs> I guess if you're the type of person that notices it, you notice it, right? Yes, like, right. I, exactly. I pick up on it. Um, and so I then I ended up taking a course on copywriting. Um, And that's where I, from that, is where my business really started to grow. Cause then I put together my website and just started focusing on writing. Okay. Honing in on those skills and proofreading. So what kind of
0: passion do you have for this business? Is it the writing? Is it the clients?
1: Where does your passion lie? You know, I was thinking about that last night and it's, I love I like helping people and I want things to be, I call it perfectly polished mm-hmm. for them so that their website, because that that's their brand, right? That's right. What they're putting out there for everyone to see. So I want it to look perfect for them. And I love building relationships with my clients. Um having talks like this, you know, and and it's funny, like some of my clients, I've gotten close to them and we've gotten a little personal about things and you start sharing your stories with one another, you know, which I think is awesome. Um, And that's kind of a part of what I do is I get to know a client, get to learn their brand and their voice. They call in copywriting and where they're coming from but it comes from their stories, you know, listening to them and really seeing like who they are and what they've gone through. And, and then the hard part is trying to get that in the writing. Right. <laughs> that, that's, right.
0: That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's your little bit of magic that you add to it all.
1: Right. Yes. So I think, yeah, for me, it's really being able to be creative through that format of writing, which I, I for decades, if anyone asked me if I was a creative person pretty much my entire life until probably the past year I would have said no way absolutely not I'm not like I'm not an artist mm-hmm. I don't draw or paint or anything I don't play an instrument I can't sure. sing <laughs> you know like yeah. I none of that stuff and then it kind of hit me I was all of a sudden I was like as I started writing more and doing it more for my clients I was like oh I guess this is my way of being creative. This is what I do. Um, And then it it made me think about, and I'd actually done an Instagram post about this. I was like, I know where this stems from. It comes from my grandfather. My grandfather was an amazing storyteller. And him and I, my entire life until he passed away, which he lived to be a hundred, we wrote letters back and forth. We always wrote wow. back and forth, and I loved getting his letters, and I loved writing to him, and I loved sitting with him and listening to his stories from when he grew up. And, mm-hmm. you know, he lived through the Depression and the World War I guess, what one and two, and all that stuff, you know? And, sure. Um, and I was like, I guess that's where it comes from. <laughs> I get it from him. <laughs>
0: That's really special to have that familial um, connection to what you're doing now, and basically bringing that forward to the present.
1: It is, yeah, it's nice, and it and it just hit me a couple months ago. Mm. Yeah, that's was very cool. Like,
0: uh-huh. Yeah. So, a couple of, a couple of things uh, are going through my head. One, is, and we'll come back to the second one. But the first question is. For those of us who may not know that we could use a copywriter, help me understand like, what a copywriter can do for a small business owner.
1: Yeah. So copywriting, traditional copy or copywriting is writing to sell. Okay. And so that's where it's helpful for a small business or like a course creator or someone that's trying to sell a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, a course, a book, whatever the product is. But it could also be writing ads, you know, that, that area, which is okay. not really, I personally don't really like to do that, but that's all, that's the only thing some true copywriters do is they they just do that ad stuff. So it's writing oh. to sell, but then it's also content writing. Um, so content writing is a newsletter, it's more inf- it's informational, right? A newsletter, a blog, um, even like social media post. Okay? Um, that's content. So it's it's content and it's selling. Um so and there's there's a um, there's a science behind it. I'm learning. Um, okay. Or like for emails specifically, there's there's formulas that you can use. And hmm. I, I think that's why it kind of became appealing to me, um, and I think that's the science side of me. Sure, thinking very like scientifically, and like oh, a formula. Okay, this is great. I love yeah. formula. You know, I yeah. love <laughs> formula. You know, like so. There's a formula that I use when I do website copy for people. Um, so that's yeah, that's what we do. We write for you. Okay. Right.
0: So much of, especially in a digital world, right? So much of the way we communicate, if it's not video, it's got to be in writing.
1: It has to be in writing. I mean, you think about every day, like how many, you're, you're bombarded constantly everywhere you look with copy, right? right. Whether it's email, whether it's a flyer, you get in the like snail mail flyers, Mm -hmm. ads, newspaper. My dad still reads the paper every single day, magazines, Um, But then it's every website you go to, it's, Mm -hmm. you're in the grocery store and think about it. There's words around us everywhere. Right. You know, a cereal box, they're trying to sell you their product on the back of the box, you know? now, no. one of the
0: objections that's coming up for me in my head that I, I hear often um, when I'm talking sometimes to either colleagues or or my clients about, you know, their drip campaigns or how are they communicating their, their value. Mm-hmm. And some of the objections that I get is, well, I don't want to sound salesy. Mm-hmm. And and you're telling me that copywriting is all about sales. So how me you merge those two?
1: Yeah, so I mean I think the best way to merge the two is to bring out the clients or the my clients so the person that's selling something their personality. Okay. Because okay. people like the personal side of life. You know, we want to know what someone's about or what their story is or what they're doing in their free time, right? When they're not working or, I mean, for example, I just onboarded a client just this week and she is, she's a coach and she works with like very high level executives. Um, I, she's kind of, you know, they're, they're people that have been extremely, have become extremely successful. They're kind of stuck. Like they don't know how to get to the next level. Um, right. And so it was interesting. I was like, she, I'm going to be doing different things for her, but one of the things I'm going to do is some social media content. And so I was looking through her Instagram posts and I just did like a real quick glaze over it. And she, the one post that she had where she had put a picture of her and her daughter mm-hmm. and told like a really lovely like story about it, um, had the most likes mm-hmm. out of her, all of them on her entire site. That one thing. And so I was saying to her just yesterday, I was like, it's that personalization that people are attracted to and that's what they like because it you feel connected to someone. Right. You know, she's not just a coach, a very successful coach. No, like she has a life besides that. She has children and she does things with her children. And, you know, and so I, I that was like very eye-opening even for me. Because sure. it was so blatant. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Very obvious. Like, you couldn't just clean no. it away
1: with other. Right. Okay. So with emails, you know, a lot of my research that I've come across, and I mean, I'll read books, and I watch different YouTubers about it. And there's tons of, like, really famous, I would, famous copywriters out there right and they talk about just the personalization of things Mm -hmm. is very important and i agree yeah yeah so
0: and i'm not asking you to give away the farm at all but it, it can you give me a like a high level strategy for that personal side like how do you weave that
1: into the content um I think it's taking a story, taking one of their stories, and it could be something recently that happens. Like, um, you know, for example, one um, um, of my other clients, I do some emails writing for her. And she had, she had kind of like briefly written it and she wanted me to kind of like rework it. So okay. she told a story about how she woke up and she was just having like a really yucky day. Just wasn't in a good mood, and she's normally like super happy all the time. Wasn't in a good mood, and you know, just yucky, whatever, having a horrible day. She went to the grocery store, and the cashier at the grocery store, which normally I'd be like, you know, often the cashiers are like, well, you know, like right, right, little interaction, They're just like ring yeah. me out, like hi, hey, hey, hi, you know, bye. And she said this cashier was super friendly and was like how are you you know how's your day going and it was almost like she was caught off guard by that you know but then she left the supermarket she said and she thought to herself well wow like here's this cashier doesn't even know who I am and she actually took the time to try to connect with me in the couple minutes that I was in her checkout line and it completely changed her day because she was like it just like changed her perspective for that day. Sure. So then like you take that story and then you draw out one piece from it. Right. So the one piece is that that one interaction completely changed your perspective for the day. And then because of what she does, um, she's all about being happy and trying to find the positives in life. So then like, okay. you, you know, wove that into her message basically. Okay, It was I kind of just, quite a craft. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I hope I explained it. Okay. No, I think that's
0: that's a great example of how to weave a story into creating uh, a message for email or social media post or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because sometimes, I guess I'll speak for myself. Like I know what the content is, right? right. And I'm not even thinking. I'm getting better about this, but I'm often not even thinking about my own story when it comes to this. I'm just thinking about the content.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and when I can find, or I have other people like you around me that help me um, weave those, the message is always much stronger when mm-hmm. it's connected to a personal story. Yeah. I think we're wired, right? We're wired for stories. We're wired to be connected to one another. And so I think that's something really innate within us that we respond to positively uh, i yeah definitely I, and yeah. i'm in awe of people who can like you have that skill to package content in a very personal story so that it can be received
1: as easily as possible yeah yeah and i think i'm a very succinct writer too like i'm very um kind of just direct and to the point. And sure. some people like that and some people don't. Um so it, it you know that for my clients that works for them. Um it's you know you can also be very flowery with your writing. You can use lots of descriptors and um my one client, I do blogs for her and she's an artist and um, so she'll, she'll give me just like a, she loves to hike. So her blogs are all yeah. about her hiking and all the hiking. Like she, she does all these amazing hikes, which I read, I read about her s- hikes and I'm like, oh I want to go there. You know, it's not, like yeah, right. cool. but like for like my role it, it, for the blog writing is that she wants me to add the descriptors, like that flowery language, like add mm. um, adjectives. And um, she, I had written like my own little, Kind of like a writing sample, I guess, to get when I was like trying to attract clients. And it was about me walking through a saltwater marsh, which I grew up um, like at the beach. And it's my favorite place in the world. And it's where I'm happiest and most content. And so I had written this very descriptive piece about walking through a saltwater marsh and the smells and all the senses and how they all come into play when you're in nature um, and that she's like, that piece sold me. Like I knew you were the person I wanted to hire to write my blog because I loved that descriptive mm-hmm. take on it. So right. it's, it's fun creating to- a, it. It sounds like you were creating
0: an experience th- with words.
1: Yes. And I wanted the reader to be able to completely picture in their minds like what it was like, like someone that has never walked through a saltwater marsh. To right. be able to know what it's like to walk through a saltwater marsh, you know what you're going to smell, what the ground's going to feel like under your feet, how the air is going to feel on you, the things that you're going to see around you, and the wind, all that stuff. That's so. beautiful.
0: Oh, thanks. So, so this, the copywriting, the writing to sell, content creation. That's the content of your business. But in operating your business, what would you say is your biggest challenge?
1: Um, it's challenging getting new clients because you, ha- you kind of have to constantly be looking for new clients. And with copywriting... Um, it's more project-based versus retainer clients. So, and I, I like that aspect of it. I mean, I, I do have retainer clients, but then I have project-based clients, The project-based clients are nice because it's like a one and done Sure. um, And you can just really focus on that and then move on to something else, but then that's it. So then you need to find another, another client to fill the, right. So I would say for sure, that's been my biggest challenge. And sometimes I get into a panic of, I'm not going to be able to find clients. How am I going to find clients? Am I going to be able to keep this going? You know, right. and this becomes a little, <laughs> a little scary sometimes. Um, and then, I, like I said, because I'm not totally... Tech savvy, like some people use a Trello board. It's called Trello. Like keep track of their tasks. And I'm like a pen and paper girl, so sure. I have post its and like I still like to write out. This is what I need to get done today, and I check them off as I go. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can mm-hmm. do that on the computer. I'm like, no, I need to do it. I need to have okay. a paper in front of me. Yeah. So I might get to a, the point where I I might have to give that up, sadly. I might have to get my my dinosaur ways and go to like tech, but I think I'm gonna hang on to the post-its sure. for as long as I can.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: So what do you do now for Lee Gen? How do you find
1: your clients now? Um, so there's a couple of different sites that I use. Um, but then I've been getting referrals, which Good. is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then the group that I'm a part of that I took the course, the, the um, overwhelmed to overbooked course, she actually has a job board. Oh, and great. So I've gotten, I think, two clients through that. And then I also cold pitch. Do you? I do. I cold okay. pitch. Yeah. One of my favorite clients, actually, two of my favorite clients I cold pitched. No yep. kidding. Yes. My first one of my very first clients I cold pitched and I came across her because she I had listened to this series of um, all these different therapists and um, they were all talking about divorce and changes in life. I forget how I came across this, but it was like a series of like 20 different people that I listened to and. I listened to her and immediately connected to her story and we had very similar backgrounds and she was going through a divorce and I was going through a divorce and she had a background in science. Like it was just weird. And so at the end of her little hour long, whenever it was, she had a, like a free talk to me for a half hour. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to reach out to her and just like, just see how it goes. And that half hour was like, we completely connected during that half hour and just started talking from that point on. And then it just evolved it. Like once I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to cold picture. And I did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, I need help. And Fantastic. so I started doing her newsletter and then it turned into, I just did all her website copy because she just completely rebranded and did a whole new website.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. I love the courage that it takes to do the cold calling. And yet, when you believe in what you're doing so strongly, yeah. it, it it almost kind of takes away the, the possibility of rejection, right? That To me, I think that's what we all, none of us wanted the rejection. Right. But if I believe in what I'm offering so strongly, if you don't want it, no harm, no foul, I'm going to go on to the next one because someone here is really going to benefit from what I have to offer.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. There's so, like there's so many women in um in this group that I'm in that are so afraid of cold pitching. It's like yes. they're petrified, you know. And right. my my business bestie, um, who we met through the course, she's actually getting ready to do a cold pitch, and so we're going to talk tonight because she's like, I want Like, how do awesome. you do it? And I'm like, you know, you just can't. You can't stress about it. You know, if someone's not interested, then they're not interested, right? And you move on. What's right. the harm in emailing someone you know so like one of my clients I had actually listened to he does podcasts and I had come across his podcast because the person that he had on his podcast I know so then I you know that person had posted on Instagram and I was like oh I want to listen to this because I was curious about it then I went to hit the podcaster's website and I was like oh all these the people that he's interviewing are like amazing. Like they're doing all these really cool things. So I was like, meh. and I went to his website, and I was like, his website's like, meh. It needs a little help. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, alrighty, and I cold pitched him, and he, I think he got back to me like almost right away. I love that. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, I could use some help, and set up a discovery call. Hmm. Now that was that. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think we just get in our
0: own way with the whole idea of cold calling.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you can't be afraid of rejection. Yeah. You know, which is funny because in my personal life, I'm very fearful of rejection. Oh, that is interesting. Very fearful. Um, And I think that stems from my relationship because he rejected me pretty much every level. Sure. Um, but when it comes to my business, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, cause I don't, I don't know them, you know, yeah. they may never respond or, I mean, and the thing with cold pitching is that it's, you know, you have to follow up too, you know, so right. you, you may not get a response and I've cold pitched people, no response. And then I've reached out and then they'll, they've gotten back to me and they said, yeah. not right now. Or yeah, I do need help um so you have to you have to be like a go-getter in that sense right and it's a system you know
0: i think that's the other thing too like sometimes when i'm speaking with some of my clients about this topic it's as though cold calling is the only thing that they're doing and it's like no this is part of a bigger picture mm-hmm. you do send some information you what what i this the solutions or the results that I'm I can bring you give them some information about that so they they can start to see the gap between where they are and where they want to be right Uh, and the follow-up I I mean you hear this all the time right the fortune is in the follow-up yes um and it that's one of the ways that I talk myself off the ledge of not wanting to make a call is this isn't just a follow-up. This is just an introduction, right? So I don't have to say, oh my God, this call I have to close a deal. No. Right. <laughs> I don't have to do that for every call. No. Right? Yeah. I can warm them up to that. And if if it's moving in that direction, closing the deal should be easy. If it's not going in that direction, then there's there's no pushing it. You don't need to come right. back to it six months
1: from now. Maybe right. they're just not ready.
0: Exactly. And that's okay too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a handful of people that I'll circle back to in month or two. Um, That's just the way that I cold pitched you to be on this podcast. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I mean, it worked, right?
0: (laughs) It does. It does work. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Once you start getting clients, like some of my clients, you know, they, they hire me for one thing and then it's moved into other things like, right. oh, okay, you're doing my blog. Well, now I need you to help me with my website and now I want you to help me with my product descriptions, you know, so it moves into other projects and then you, you it know, sure does, and then referrals. Um, so, yeah. It's exciting. Well, congratulations. I, this
0: is a new yeah. business for you. You've, you're getting a lot of those systems into place, generating leads. That's the biggest challenge for most business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fabulous. So to kind of come back then to our theme for today, mm-hmm. bring back the faith, the family, and the fitness as it relates
1: to your business. Well... That's interesting. (laughs) So we'll start with fitness. Um, Fitness keeps me sane, I would say. It's just, you know, a stress reducer. So I try to start every single day with that. Um, Family and friends, you know, they're great for networking. Um, So they help your business in that sense. My sister has been... Um, a good guide throughout this, and someone right. to kind of lean into and ask questions, and because she's done it. Um, and faith you know, I think with the business, you have to keep the faith that it's going to work and you're going to be successful. Um, positivity, and don't get me wrong, I have lots of days where I'm like, this isn't gonna work. I can't do this. And and you're like, and I'm like, am I, am I crazy to think that I can do this? You know, I have moments where I'm like, why do I think I can make this work? What gives me the right to think that I can do this or that I have the ability or, you know, so it's keeping the faith. Like, no, I can do this. I have to do this. This has to work. This has to work for me because of my, Um, situation and I need it to work so that I can be there for my children when I need to be there for them. Right. So.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, both personal story and your new business launching story. Tell us before we go, where can people find you when they are looking for copywriters and content writers?
1: Yeah, you can go right to my website, gingerday.com, or you can find me on Instagram. My handles gingerday dot period copy. I'm on Facebook too. I have a Facebook business page. I'm not on Facebook a ton. I like Instagram a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I also just write for fun on medium. You can find me there too, medium.com. Like the writers platform. Yeah. Those are more like personal stories. So if you want to learn Mm -hmm. more about me and my journey and what I've been through, you can find those stories
0: there. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your open heart and your willingness, again, to share your story because I know there's a lot of women who have a story like yours or who have been through stories like yours. And I think it's always beneficial to know that, A, you can survive those stories because of people like you who are willing to share them. So thank you so much for that.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to tell my story. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Hi, this
0: is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes, but most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.